Character formation is a lifelong and sometimes painful process. Our guest today discusses how mentors should play a vital role in guiding someone through the difficult challenges of life. Join us now to hear Paul Henderson on this week's episode of the Noble Man Podcast. Well, folks, welcome to the Noble Man Podcast. In this episode, we are so excited to continue our conversation about mentoring. I've got Paul Henderson on with me today. Uh, Paul has some background with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and um, he's working at a local private school. I'm going to let you tell some more about that, but he's got a cool family story as well. And uh, this is a guy who sold out on the idea of one generation investing in the next. And we're going to have a great conversation about mentoring. So, Paul, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hey, Mike, thank you so much uh, for, for having me. I'm, I'm honored. Um, I'm honored to be here. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk about uh, about this topic. Yeah. So, Paul, tell us about a little bit about yourself and where you are in life. Sure, sure. Thank, thanks a lot, Mike. Um, so, as, as you mentioned, uh, I spent eight years with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is actually where we met just a few years ago, and then um, six years ago, five or six years ago, I, I felt like it was time. It was time for a change. I really enjoyed my time there. You know, while I was there, I was working with um, you know athletes from the from the middle school level up through the high school collegiate ranks, and then you know also uh, had an opportunity to work with some professional athletes. Um, you know, with my with my time there, so mentorship was was definitely something that I was that I was heavily involved in. Um, then, then there came that shift in, in 2016, uh, where, where I actually left, uh, you know, the fellowship of Christian athletes, um, an organization that, that I love and I still love to this day. Uh, but my educational background was actually in teaching. Now, now here's the thing. Part of the reason that I wanted to teach was because of my mentor in high school, who was my track and field coach. My track and field coach was the guy that encouraged me uh, that 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 helped me to believe that I could run on the collegiate level. I remember him, t- you know, I, I I would speak to him, and 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 after the conversation, I would feel like I was going to compete in, in the next o- o- Olympics. It, it was almost like he was breathing life into me with the words that he that he spoke in into me and the belief that that he had in me. So um, the reason I actually went the educational route in college um, as as I was competing on on the track and field team at Virginia Commonwealth University. The reason I went to the educational route is because I, I wanted to coach. Yeah, now, now, now my, my studies was, was, was history, you know, but my, and my master's went in teaching. But in reality, I really just wanted to go back and work with students. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go back and work with students. And if I have to major in history and get a master's in teaching, if that's my avenue, that's what I'm going to do, and um, and on the way I, you know, end up with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which was another way. But when I found when I when I thought about getting back into teaching, I thought um, about having that opportunity to uh, to to work with with students and, and young and young boys on a daily basis. And so for five months, that's what I did. Notice I said five months because what I didn't know was going to happen was an unexpected curveball. Um, and that curveball came in December of 2016. Uh, we found out that in January uh, that the campus, that the school that I uh, that I was working for had four campuses and they were going to shut one campus down in January, which was the campus uh, where, where I was located. Now, you talk about a curveball, you know, uh, at the time I'm married with uh, my wife and I I'm married with, with with two children. We had just come out of a, a challenging time in, in our marriage and she was actually expecting our third child. 
Yeah, so I'm thinking about this whole uh, this whole deal. Like I left this organization, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I get right. into teaching because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. The next thing I know, I don't have a job, and my wife is pregnant here. And I tell you what, I was I was out of work uh, for for about five months. But let, let's, yeah. you, we we're talking about mentorship. I remember going to an event. It was actually a prayer event, and I remember being out of work at this time. It, it had been about three months since the job had shut down, and I had applied for probably hundreds of jobs at this time. And I went to I went to a, a, a prayer event, a local pastor, well, excuse me, a pastor who I was very familiar with, who was a mentor in my life came to town and um you know he was just encouraging uh you know some of the people uh, you know who were there that night and when he got to me he said there's something in you he said there there's there's something in you that you know perhaps in this time where you're searching for a job you know perhaps you can focus on something that god has put in you that that perhaps you put a place in the back burner and, and, and mike that's actually when i wrote my book slave no more conquering the master within it took a mentor in my life to breathe that into me and remind me that there was something that I had played that got it placed in my heart. And um, so for the next couple of months, I wrote I wrote most of the book during that time, you know, being being laid off. I ended up in corporate America for the for, for the next four years, and then about a about a year ago, um, I you know I ended ended up taking a job with uh, as the dean of students at Elijah House Academy in in Richmond, Virginia, which I, I absolutely love what I get to do there. You talk about mentorship, I'm doing that on a daily basis with about 165 right. kids, and I absolutely love it. So you've had some some wise people pour into you a high school coach, and then this pastor. Are you still in touch with that high school coach that that meant so much to you? Is he still uh, uh, available to you at all? Yes. I've actually reached out. It's funny. I've I've actually reached out to him a couple of times within the past few months. We've yet to to reconnect. Uh, But it's funny. My brother actually saw him a couple of times over the past few weeks, and he said, hey, I got your brother's book. So even though I've had trouble reaching him, he he has my book in – you know, you know, from everything I hear, he's 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 really he's really proud of me. And um, but I tell you what, I don't I don't know that that path through FCA or any of the things that I've done. I don't know if I wouldn't have done it if he hadn't convinced me that I could run on a collegiate level. It was almost like his encouragement was um, helped me in in an indirect path to be where 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 I am today. Yeah, so his he, it was almost prophetic what he was doing, breathing into you, giving you confidence to do some things that you didn't necessarily believe that you could do at the time. And uh, so it's fun how we ride on the confidence sometimes of our mentors that that just kind of pour themselves into our lives. It's a that's an awesome story. Now you mentioned your wife was you had two boys, your wife was pregnant again. But it got the story gets even better for your family and what you get to uh, to invest in there at home, right? So what's 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 your home situation there? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, t- I tell you what, Mike, one of the biggest honors I have, and, and I think about this a lot, uh, you know, because I have these four, I have these four boys, you know, you know that 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 look up to me, and um, it's it's the, it's an amazing thing that I, that I think about daily but it's, it's also um it's also a, a big responsibility now i actually come from a a line um, i have five brothers so i have five right. brothers and then i have four four sons um i always joke around that i was the, the brother that ended up with all the sons my parents have 14 grandchildren and four of the sons come from you know from me you know my, all my brothers yeah. had girls uh, <laughs> uh, 
so one thing I, I, I learned I learned from um, from my dad was just the importance of of, of, of teaching your children it's the scriptures. And that yeah. was something that that I learned at, at an early age. Now, when I got older, I began to look at, you know, uh, this other people. For example, Michael Stock is, is one who's a, a former supervisor for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Love him like a love him like a father. As a matter of fact, he helped me with some of the some of the um, il- illustrations with them within my book. Love Mike. And um, so guys like uh, my, my dad, I would take a little from him. Guys like Michael Stock, guys like um, Johnny Shelton, who's a chaplain for the Baltimore Ravens. All of these right. guys have poured in, have poured into my life. Now, when I think about what I'm doing as a as a father, you know, I have the opportunity. It's it's, it's like the most important thing that I, that I, that I believe I have. So so it's it's twofold. I have the opportunity to pour into the lives of my sons, but at the same time, I cannot pour from an empty vessel. So exactly. I have to be sure that I'm doing things, whether it's you know, my, my, my own reading, my own studying, and different right. things that I'm doing to, to help encourage and build me up. At the same time, it's also important that I have mentors in my life that help me, that help to, you know, uh, you know, fill in, fill, fill some, some of those gaps so that I can be a more effective, a, a, you know, a father, a more prepared father. I, I never said perfect. But, right. but I, I do want to be, per, uh, 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 you know, effective. I, I want to be prepared. I want to be a good example to, to to my sons. You know, for example, I want my sons to know the importance of accountability. Right. Right. So one thing I've learned, and my wife and I practice this. Uh, you know, uh, my my beautiful bride Kira. We, one thing we we practice is accountability. So I'm not going going to just tell my sons to own up to where they may have dropped the ball. I'm going to show them. So if I drop the ball, I want them to see me own up to it so that they have a living example in front of right. them to, hey, you know what? That's not just saying be accountable. He's showing us how to be a- accountable. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the awesome journeys. Uh, one thing I say about fatherhood is that we're learning, we're growing, and we're getting better one day at a time. And that's what that's whether you're an experienced father who's had you know, multiple fathers in your lives pouring into you, or if you're just starting this journey and you're trying to change the path of your family's background and you're the first one that's there for your children, you're still learning, you're still growing, that's right. you're still getting one day getting better one day at a time if you choose and if you're intentional about it. Yeah, it, you know what? I love part of what you said here about your dad setting an example for you about having scripture in your life. So tell me about some of the things that you learned from him that you are, I, what does that look like in, in your household, in the Henderson household? How have you taken some of the, some of the practices that your dad shared with you and you're using them with your boys? Sure. Sure. So it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, my, my dad uh, growing up, we had our family meetings at home where we did our family Bible studies you know, he was my Sunday school teacher. He was the children's church pastor. And if we had vacation Bible school, you know, a lot of times he was my VBS teacher, <laughs> teacher as well. Right. So I, I was around my dad a lot when it came to came to the word. So one thing that we look to do is uh, we, we teach our we teach our sons scriptures. You know, for example, just this morning, uh, one of my son's name is Noah. So one thing I like to do is if if your name's in the Bible, hey, let's read about this guy who who you're named after or who inspired your, your mom and I to, to, you know, with, with, with his name. So we, today we talked about Noah and that's my, that's my two year old's name. And we talked about, we talked about the covenant uh, because I don't just want them to 
say, hey, we go to church and, and, and for them to feel like that it's the church's responsibility to raise my children. I, I love and appreciate my church as an awesome supplement to what my responsibility is as the, as the primary discipler of my children. So I'm going to do whatever I can to share the word with my sons to, to break it down if they have questions, ask them. And then, you know, uh, how, how do we apply this? How do we apply this to our daily lives? And um, so, you know, I definitely learned that, that that started with my dad and teaching us the word. Uh, my, my brother's not a word when we were when we were younger. He's, I thought he did a good example there. And um, so I tried to carry that, that same thing on with, uh, awesome. with, my, with my sons. You know what? I We could talk forever about this statement that you made, that the church is an amazing supplement to what I'm doing as the primary discipler of my children. That is a huge understanding of what our responsibilities are as parents. And I, man, that's missed by so many folks. I love the fact that you not only do that, but you can articulate that and say it in a way that is just simple and and compelling because more of us need to see that we are the primary disciplers in our home. So I, man, I just love that, Paul. Well, let, so I'm looking at um, a document here from the Elijah House website. It's called Student Formation Beliefs. And another word for this might be discipleship. So tell me about how you're taking some of what you're doing, even with your own kids, into the Elijah House experience and trying to work through discipling or mentoring in spiritual development for those kids at uh, at Elijah House. What is what does that look like for you as someone who has great influence in these uh, in these children's lives? Sure, yeah, sure, absolutely. So, in full disclosure, this was my first year. So, most of this year, I was uh, learning the, stu- the student formation, and then over this summer, I'll, I'll have more input into to what might need to be tweaked or what what needs to be added. Because, uh, you know, Jesse Jesse Kale, who's our who's our head of school, um, you know, we've been talking about and we've been looking at what's what's been working and what's been been working well. And, and um, you know, I, yes, I, I'm over student formation. And, and part of that is, uh, one, we do have a student mentorship program. So every staff person is assigned to about five students. And so and, and, and it's our responsibility to, to mentor those students. Now, that could be grabbing lunch, but all teachers don't necessarily uh, don't always have the time to grab lunch based on their schedules. It can just be meeting, meeting them on a p- playground and just talking with them and just saying, hey, you know, what? I'm, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Uh, you know, I'll get them, get them a Christmas gift. But I will say that the, the teachers that give Christmas gifts, they they put a little pressure on us who are still trying to figure, <laughs> figure this thing out. <laughs> but but it's, it's an awesome thing. Uh, one thing that we do is because I'm also I'm also over the, uh, you know, the discipline that, that goes out in school. So uh, the way we do everything is is restorative, you know. We, we do believe that, you know, that a lot of children just, just innately have it just the sin, the sin of selfishness, nothing, and that doesn't exclude any of us. Um, so in every situation we look, we look at the situation and it's part, part of our goal is to have that student to look at what they did and what was their responsibility in a situation. Of course, we're dealing with children, so they're always going to talk about, well, he said this, she said this, you know. But one thing we always point back to is what was your role in the situation that that brings up that word accountability once again, right? So how can we be accountable? Um, and so one thing that I really in, enjoy doing is is if a student does get in trouble, is we have something called restorative lunches, you know, restorative lunches. 
Now, now, now some may have made me more familiar with the term uh, um, lunch detention, <laughs> but what, how we like to, to, to form it or, or how do we like to approach it is you're going to have lunch with, with, with me in my office. We're going to talk about what you did, but by the time you leave, we want you to know that you're restored and that you have a, you have a clean slate. We're going to talk about what you did, but I want you to be sure and I want you to know in your heart that your mistake, your decision that you made, it does not define you. It does not define you. It was a bad choice, but it doesn't define you. And how can we learn from that moving forward? Something else that I'm intentional about, Mike, is that even though, um, you know, I I do have, uh, you know, a number of those, those lunches, we also want to be sure that we are are following up with students who don't who don't get in trouble. One of, one of my favorite things to do is uh, to walk walk out to the playground while the first grade class is playing it, and, and and or the second grade class is out there, and just throwing a football with them. Just throwing a football with them. They see me on the screen, but I want to be sure that they they are also seeing me in in a tangible manner. So me throwing a football with a seven or eight year old child is 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 a way for them to to see me as a person and to see hey, this guy is real and we're able to talk. We're able to talk about life. So if they have questions or if they feel like they're about to make a decision, we have an opportunity right then and there as we're throwing the football to talk about it and say, hey, what's the best decision uh, to to make this time? And and it's an absolute honor to be able to do this on a daily basis. That's awesome. You know, so I want to tie a couple of things together here. I love you talking about accountability. I'm I'm doing some seminary work right now and I've got a paper to write and and I'm going to write about accountability and I'm looking at the situation where Nathan confronted David in his sin with Bathsheba. And and so I'm living in that passage and it says the Lord sent Nathan to David and then you know this that Nathan tells the story of someone who took a, a poor man's sheep and and you know served it up to a guest and David got angry at what was going on there and and said all these things that the the guy must do because David was angry and Nathan said to him you are that man and so I think part of what's going on there David ultimately owned his sin but this wasn't the first time that Nathan had talked to David. It couldn't have been because he was known to him. And I think what you're doing with that, being out there throwing the football, being visible to these kids, establishing a relationship, gives you the credibility and the posture to then call them to account on something when they step out of line. And and so speak to that as a mentor. There, there are times when you have to have hard conversations but you have to build the relationship and make yourself known to someone so that that relationship or that that hard conversation can happen in the context of love. Does that make sense and resonate with what you see and experience? Sure, sure. And, and, and absolutely, you said hard conversations. That, that reminds me of part of what we do is we have heart conversations, H-E-A-R-T. Um, you know, if so, if a student uh, is 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 messing up or if they're struggling with a decision, we're able to have that conversation with them and show them that we love them, show them that that we care for them, and help help them walk through that decision. You know, possibly you know before before we talk to parents, before we take any disciplinary action. Hey, hey, where are you where are you coming from? What's going on here? And 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 a, a lot of times it's amazing what 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 you'll hear. You know, all students don't share right away, but that's part of that building 
you know, the importance of building relationships so that they do feel more comfortable in sharing with uh, with you. One thing I, I think about mentorship, uh, uh, Mike, is, is is this, and I, I, this this example has just been um, just spinning just spinning in my mind here here recently, and I, I don't remember the first place I, I heard it. But it talks about the pain, the like the, the the window panes, if you if you will. There there are things about yourself, um, you know that 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 you know and, and and other people know. There there are things about yourself that you know that other people know. There are things to, about yourself that you don't know and other people do know. And then there are things that um that that nobody knows, and it's it's going to take right. for God God to reveal. It's it's amazing how. Um, sometimes walking with students, especially with students, you know, who are, who are, who are in that, in that formative stage. I like to say that I'm still, uh, you know, being formed and shaped into the image right. of Christ as well. I but feel especially, it. especially young, youngers. I mean, I'm working with four, the students I work with are ranged between four years old to about 14 years old. So a, a lot of times there, there are blind, blind spots there, um, whether it's, um, and, and I have an opportunity to, to, one uncover and to shed light into that blind spot, but not to say that this defines you, but to say, you know what? Hey, hey, we 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 can we can work on this. You know, this does not have to define you. And, you know, and then and there are other times where um, one one student who I really in, in enjoyed working with with this year, I, t- I tell you what, um, at, at one part of the year, my God, I didn't think he was going to make it uh, because of the decisions that he was making. On, on a daily basis, and unfortunately, as a school, sometimes you have to make um, you have to make tough decisions. And he, he was not on a good track back in October or or, or, or November. <laughs> but but last week, on the last day of school, he gave me a card and said thank you. A eight year a eight year old wow. little boy gave me a card that said thank you. And and I tell you what, the conversations that I had with him back in. October versus June 1st, you know, it was absolutely uh, uh, amazing to to hear more accountability on his part, hearing him understand the the impact of of his actions. You know, not not he wasn't an angel by the time he left, but I I definitely feel like, and his his grandmother feels as well, that we were able to take some steps in, in, in the right direction. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey. It's a, it's a process. And um, hopefully with him, we're just a little bit further along in that process. And, and there's no formula that works for every kid. And so it's, it's, like, uh, it's like combination locks. You, you've got to work with a child or an individual long enough to figure out what it is that unlocks their heart and opens their mouth so they can give voice to things. Um, that is a slow and challenging process at times, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, and I, you know what, Mike, you you um actually bring something to uh, just my mind. I think about I think about this boy. He was, he was eight eight years old. Now he's he's there eight eight years old, and then my son is 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 nine year old. Okay, so my son he's 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 with my wife and I. You know he he's in, he was in a classroom right down the hall from me. So anytime his teacher spoke life to him, told him he's a champion, told him that he could do it. Anytime that his teacher encouraged him, what she was doing was she was watering seeds that my wife that you know God you know God graciously allowed my wife and I to pour in, in, into his life over the course of years. And I talk about this uh, I think in chapter eleven or twelve of my book, the you know, the the the, the main character takes a trip to the to the fire station and we talk about the difference between a fire hose and, and a garden hose. So basically what his teacher's doing is she's taking that garden hose, if you will, 
and watering that seed that's been planted there over the years. She's at she's she's reaffirming what's been spoken into his life. Now, this other student that I just that, that I just uh, referenced, he 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 lives with his, his grandmother. So that has me thinking, okay, where's his mom and where's his dad? So if I tell him that he's a champion, he's looking at me like what do you mean I'm a champion? My mom doesn't want me. My dad doesn't want me. I don't even. I don't even know who. I don't even know who my who my dad is. Now, so what happens is, as I'm telling that he's a champion, as I, as I'm speaking life into him, it's almost like I have a a fire extinguisher, and I'm I'm trying to get rid of those damaging thoughts and whatever it was that um that has been hindering him from being all that. God is called him to be. And what happens is, you know, you have two students, you know, similar ages. One, you're watering. Two, you're extinguishing. For that student that you're extinguishing, um, you know, those damaging thoughts or whatever uh, life and death and the power of the tongue, whatever death has been spoken over him, you're extinguishing so that you can then cultivate the ground. Then you can plant seeds and eventually you'll get a you'll reap a good harvest. So. Two students, similar ages, but two different approaches based on their background, based on what's happened in their life prior to you coming in contact with them. And I think as a mentor, it takes it takes a level of discernment and understanding where that child, where that mentee is so that you can know what's my approach, what's going to be most effective. You know, you have to, you have to be aware. There's just something about being aware and it's not something that I don't. You know, I, I feel like it's something I'm getting better at as, you know, with with each opportunity. But there's something about being aware about where that person is so that you can most effectively pour into their lives. You know, as you're saying that, I just I, I think about Christ and our role as as believers um, and, and our position. Christ knows us better than we even know ourselves. And so the conversations that he would have with his disciples and others, he knew what was going on in their lives. We don't have the the gift of that omniscience that he had. And so we have to ask questions to get to know people so that we can water the seeds or extinguish the bad thoughts. And and so that's a process of discernment where it's it's the Holy Spirit that Christ gave to us that allows us to to get to know people so that we can say and do the right things and be the hands of and feet of Christ in those moments. Yeah, so you know, I, I was thinking about this, uh, the, you know, the awesome story of of, of Zacchaeus and and um, you know how you know Zacchaeus climbed up into the sycamore tree and, and Jesus said, "Hey, Zacchaeus, come down because I'm you know because I'm coming to your house today." The the one thing about that and and i love the fact that jesus was able to speak into his life simply because he chose to intentionally build a a relationship with them you know yes was was he the king of kings and and, and lord of lords absolutely that's that's who he was that's that's who he is um but he chose to 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 be intentional about Building that relationship, building that bridge, not only with Zacchaeus, but with others, if you look at the Gospels, he chose to build those relationships. And as he built those relationships, he was able to speak more, you know, and into the, you know, the life of people who may have, who who he came across during during that time. So um, I think a huge part of mentoring and, and, and being able to speak into the lives of others is being intentional about building relationships. And when you build relationships, it, it, it uh, allows you to have that trust. It allows that men- mentee, if you will, 
to trust you in order to to share more of their life with you. As, as I mentioned earlier, I was a history major, so one of the courses or one of the topics that I studied a lot was uh, was was slavery in the in the Americas. And um, so something that I've always done, I guess, just the way my brain works is I would see different topics that happen, um, you know, in, in the past or throughout history. And I would look at present day scenarios. I'm like, man, that, that looks so similar. So, for example, you will see the Emancipation Proclamation uh, that happened back in the 1860s. Um, and what the reality is, is that some people went back and worked for the same slave master. So they were slaves without the um, without the actual um, title of, of, of slaves, if, if, you, if you will. Um, and so what, what ended up happening was I would see different people in different situations, different situations. I would see person A from one situation, one set of circumstances. Now see person B from the exact same set of circumstances. Person A found a way to to thrive. They 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 found um you know what I have to call a a strong vision that helped them to to thrive and to overcome those circumstances. And it, it may not have been easy for them, but they found a way to overcome those circumstances. While person B just kept talking about whatever circumstances uh, that they may have dealt with. Now, I'm, I'm always um, uh, I'm always sh- sure to say that um, I, I never want to take anyone's circumstances, anyone's past situations too, too, too lightly. I never want to minimize what someone has gone through, because if you've been through something, you know, I, I tell you, it's real. It's, it's real. It's, it's real to you. Um, so but one thing I've, I learned um, through the stories that 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 I learned in writing Slave No More, um, Conquering a Master Within, is what what I did was I went and interviewed just different dynamic people who I knew, you know, just just people who who, who I knew I knew personally who had overcome adverse trials. The goal is to is to really help people to know that being um, being bound to past life circumstances is ch- is a choice. The other side of that is you can choose to overcome. You can choose uh, to be an overcomer. And so far, the, the feedback has been good. I, I've, uh, a couple of schools have, have picked it up. Different classes are reading it. Um, young adults have been reading it. And I've had uh, you know people who I look up to and they're, they're in their 70s and 80s telling me how much they've learned and how they're trying to figure out how they can be a, a better mentor, which is really humbling because I'm only 36 and I'm, I, I had no idea that um, this book would be an encouragement in that way. Man, I love the fact that a mentor could read this and understand the value of just helping someone look at their situation a little bit differently. Because, man, if you're at the bottom of the mountain, all you see is it's all uphill from here. But if you're someone who is a mentor that's already climbed a mountain like that, you can tell what you can tell someone else what it's like at the top. And so helping someone with perspective is a really big deal. Being able to do that opens the doors and the pathways for um, the overcoming, like you just said, that that's what this book is just continuing to do is is help people see things differently. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. You know, what's your frame of reference? What's your frame of reference? What's the lens from which you choose to view your situation? And that's something that that I've learned and that, that I continue to learn. And that's something that, you know, hopefully, you know, every, every reader of my book will, will really do some self-reflection. Some, some of us are further along on the, on the journey than others, you know, but one, once again, I, you know, I, I love the fact that no matter where you are, you can start from exactly where, where you are, you know, your starting places is, 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 is where you are, you, you know, 
the, the main thing is if, if you're taking steps in, in the right direction, whether it's, um, you, you know, just, just taking steps and, and, and choosing to move forward. And if you fall down, if you drop the ball, it's okay. Learn from that mistake. Learn from wh- how you failed out. Get back up. Choose to get back up and keep on marching forward. And, and the mentor really helps with that. I tell you what, we're, we're, we're on the right path. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I, I love your attitude and your perspective. I, I need to keep getting wisdom like this from Paul Henderson. I, I just love this. So I really do appreciate you being with us, Paul. Do you have any final words for folks, uh, encouragement for mentors or mentees here as we bring this to a close? Sure. sure. And I, I'll go back to something I said earlier. And um, I started this out with uh, with my blog, Fatherhood on Fly. I, would always, I, would, I was always saying we're learning, we're growing and we're getting better one day at a time. And it started off with me talking about, you know, maybe areas where I've, where I've messed up or or just silly situations with with my boys. Uh, but the more I begin to think about that, the more I, it, that that has actually become a mantra for me. We're learning and we're growing and we're getting better one day at a time whether it's as a mentor or whether it's as someone who's being mentored, you know, it's, it's your choice. You know, you choose to grow and, and but we, we can't, we're not going to conquer this mountain, you know, all, all in, all in one day. Let's just get a little bit better each and every day. Awesome. Well, Paul, thanks so much for your time. And uh, man, I am so excited, not only about your experience and what you've been through and how mentors have invested in you, but the opportunity that you have to invest in so many more, uh, not the least of which is those uh, four sweet boys at your house that uh, you get to raise up into godly men. I just I love the thought of what uh, God may do in and through them as you uh, invest in them. So thanks so much for being with us, brother. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right. God bless you, folks. This is uh, going to bring us to the end of the Nobleman podcast for today. And we will be with you again next week for another installment of the Nobleman podcast. So tune in next time. God bless you, folks. Take care. 